And so everybody should have one of these. Does everybody have one of these? Kenrick? We're taking a little pit stop off of our sonship book. Do you have one? Ready? Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, we have copies of this because just for you to know, we um, have come into agreement with King Jesus Ministries. And I don't know if anybody's checked out the website or checked more information on it, but it's actually, you know, we're working together to help advance the kingdom of God on the earth. Now, what's so strong about King Jesus is they are truly an evangelistic, very strong. He is definitely, he started off his years, um, Apostle Maldonado, as an evangelist. He was just like Chris. He was just like Mamie. And, and Robin, I know Robin's in the building. She hasn't settled yet. And, um, but uh, Carrie, you know, they really have that special gift to bring miracles, wonders, and signs, and then get people over into the kingdom. What's so awesome about our ministry, our ministry has the same connection, but we are such a teaching ministry. Come on, how many people have learned in the teaching? Because when people get the miracle... Now there's got to be a place of helping them hold on to the miracle. That really was really hard for me to understand that, that you could actually get a miracle and then lose it. You know what I mean? I, I, that just overwhelmed me because a miracle is a miracle. You know what I mean? But you actually have to take it in your heart and you have to grow with the one who gave you the miracle. And that's the key. And that's what we're trying to, um, this ministry is an awesome, it's definitely a strong teaching ministry so people don't miss the gaps because as you go through this, Satan's always what? Waiting around the corner to pounce. Satan is always waiting to try to steal the word you just learned. Satan's waiting to try to get you not to follow an instruction that God has made you, you know, or has encouraged you or you've received to follow. And so those are important things to remember. So we are just, we are just blessed. So I just want to thank God. I just want to open up with really thanking and honoring the Lord. And I want to thank the Lord for um, when he left. And he commissioned his apostles, and he moved the earth by allowing the Holy Spirit to be poured onto us and into our hearts so that we actually can be connected back to the Father through Christ. So we just want to invite in the Holy Spirit so that, that he can help us hear and see and know what is his truth. And Lord, as we invite in the Holy Spirit, we just ask you um, to just help us to understand because the most important thing about the word is gaining its knowledge, but the most important part is gaining its understanding. And so, Lord, enlighten our spirits, open up our souls so that we can receive that word in Jesus' name. So, I mean, that is so important that when we invite the Holy Spirit in, he wants to get it so we can hear and know the word of God and what he has for us. And I can just tell you from experience that we don't always have to understand everything. But our self wants to understand everything, but we need understanding, okay? Now, remember, understanding is, I want you to think about the word, understand, okay? To gain understanding, you have to stand under the one who created it. So we have to really put ourselves in a posture of learning, of knowing that I stand under Christ, okay? And when I stand under that is how I know I'm going to receive understanding. Now, it doesn't mean I have to understand every little move or bit that's going on. I just have to under, I just have to stand under him and I have to ask him. I have to invite in the Holy Spirit. I have to ask Jesus for his wisdom. I have to, I have to cry out to the Father. You know, the word says to cry out to the Lord. 
our Father, our God, and that he will want to help us when he hears our hearts right to receive. See, that's how we gain things out of the Spirit. We actually have to make sure our postures are right. You know, and, you know, the first, no, the first thing you know you're standing under Christ is when you accept him into your heart. Boom. You have just now received the Spirit. But now to get the fullness of the Spirit, you have to keep a continual relationship of conversion over to him. And then as you continually, every day, if you see yourself standing under him, man, you know that you are developing a continual relationship where he actually wants to give you eyes to see his vision. Man, this is, uh, this is so funny. This prayer, the Lord's Prayer, is so born into us. Do you know, the whole, everything of the word is in us. It's in our spirit. But it's got to be broken out to the fullness through the spirit. Well, everybody can recite the Lord's Prayer. I don't even know if I've met anybody who can't recite the Lord's Prayer. Even if they've never went to church. For some reason, we just know, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me tell you something. I knew when I was growing in this place, something was happening. Because I was at home, and I was like, I was saying the Lord's Prayer. Because I was like, look, I don't know how to pray, right? You know what I mean? I know how to cry to God. I know, you know what I mean? But now I've got, I've got the Holy Spirit, and i got Jesus working in me. I remember, the only thing I know to pray is the Lord's Prayer. So I am praying the Lord's Prayer. I am praying the Lord's Prayer. Boom! I got to that sentence. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bam! A vision just came to me. And I saw heaven coming down on earth. We are standing under heaven, but yet we are connected to bring it down. I ran into Jean. I barely knew Jean at that time. I was like, Jean, do you know we're supposed to bring heaven on earth? Like, duh, I'm giving him enlightenment, right? <laughs> he was like, yes, yes, Lee, you're getting it. That's good, you know? Like, it actually gave me the sense of purpose. It gave me a sense of purpose. Doesn't that get you excited? We actually have a purpose of being connected on the earth to stand under his guidance, his growth. The Holy Spirit, what, is our helper? Jesus is our teacher, and the Father is the giver of all good things to us. He decides when to release the heaven on earth. It's when we've used the Holy Spirit to help us. When Jesus has taught us and we've passed the test, then Jesus goes to the Father, go ahead, send it down to them. Isn't that awesome? We release, we release levels in our growth if we continually stand under him and we ask him, let us know the vision. Let us see the part we are a part of. The word is very clear that we are all a diverse, we are supposed to be diverse in moving in what we're called to do so we can be of what? Unity. Because nothing in God is going to be done by yourself. There is no self in God. Everything is done in unity. The world was even created with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he never planned on it to be one person. He planned it on to be one spirit. That's what he wants to work through, one spirit. He wants to work through one father. He wants to work through one faith. He wants us to get this one means a body. Does not mean a single person. Isn't that awesome? Man, when we start getting to that, that down, we can see so many visions. 
And so we're going to put on the screen, Chris, and we're going to start off with what Jean started off with, the verse in Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 4. And we're going to, Jean wants us to open up with this every time because every time this is spoken out into the atmosphere, each person who's sitting here is going to get a deeper level of this. And here's what's cool. We've already taught this. Anybody who's been in Train to Rain, this was a series that we actually taught on vision for many, for a, a long time, for one whole year. And it got really deep. It was really good. And every time we opened up when we read it, it seemed like more visions people encaptured for their business. And so it was awesome. It was there. Now it's, okay, there you go. The vision. Okay. So Habakkuk 224 says, then the Lord answered me and said, now this is what we have to start preparing. The first sentence, the Lord did what? He answered me. Man, when you are standing under the authority of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, he wants us to come to him like a little child and ask and ask and ask and ask and keep doing what? Asking. Now, but in James, it says, don't ask amiss. When you are constantly asking for certain things for yourself, but you're not asking him for what's important to him, you actually miss a connection because it says in Jeremiah, if you're asking me, why are all these bad things happening to me? He says, you really should be asking me, how have you sinned against me? Don't ask me why this is happening to you. Ask me where you've missed it. See, he was already teaching us in the Old Testament how to ask. You know what I mean? Which was asking amiss, complaining and whining that bad things are happening. Do you know what I mean? But if you asked, if you, but if you went to him and you said, how have I, sin means to miss the mark. And if you're already saved, missing the mark of the faith in Christ, okay? We've got to have faith. I'm telling you, it is a holy thing when your faith believes that you can go right to your Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you can get results. That you actually believe that these things are true. He keeps asking. And now I'm going to give you a testimony on ask. Then the Lord answered me, which means he had to have what? Asked. This morning, Rachel is having problems with her eyes. And every time, it's getting worse. It's building, it's building, it's building. Her eyes were sore. Now her lids hurt, okay? Now, Rachel's a true believer, and she believes that the, the, the Lord came. He died on the cross, and he died to bear her what? Illness, her sickness. And by his stripes, she is what? Healed. But this is awesome revelation she got this morning. She came in, and she goes, Mom, look at my eyes. And her eyes look completely normal to me. And that's, that's the crazy part. I'm looking at them. I see nothing wrong with them, you know? And she goes, Mom, but you can't feel them. And I was like, all right, I'm into that. Well, when the word says in John that we shall prosper in all things, and he calls us his beloved. He said, beloved, you will prosper in all things and in your what? Health. As just as much as your soul will prosper. Now, what does he mean? Jesus is the lover of our soul. If we can get what he's trying to answer us and we can actually hear him, it affects our health and it affects all things around us. So I said to Rachel, I said, I don't think this is about you believing that Jesus can heal your eyes. Okay, because Rachel and I have had amazing experiences of healing. We've laid hands on people. They've gotten well. Rachel's been in the hospital with a cancer victim. We called it out and it got healed. Rachel and I have been together doing we have 
unbeknownst positions God has put us in. So it's not that she believes that Jesus can't heal her. She's got that first level. But now she has to seek God and ask, what am I not prospering in my soul? Remember, when a word is not imbruted and planted and placed in the soul, then it's a place where you have missed the faith in Christ because it just hasn't been your time to have the revelation. Do you get that? We stand under Christ with our hands reaching because we always need him. Man, that's the first thing we have to do. We never hit a plateau where we don't need him. We have to want him. We always need him. None of us hits this plateau where we have just made it. And if you think you have, you hit a spiritual pride. That God, it says, he warns us in Corinthians, he's really happy to bring that one down. (laughs) He is really happy when we get there to bring that down. So we have to watch our words because boasting is so important what we boast in. We boast in the testimony. We boast in the change. But don't always boast in what you think you know because have you asked the right question? Because he says he wants to answer to you and he wants to answer it to you in a vision. He wants to give us visions and the answers. So you should have seen the light bulbs went on with Rachel. Rachel's like, so you're saying, this is what she said. There's something in my mind that I haven't connected to a word of God. And that's why my health is manifesting this. I said, yep. And whatever you ask him, I said, now ask him, what am I missing? Where have I sinned? Now, sin doesn't mean she was doing it intentionally. In fact, when you ask God, where have I sinned? It's because you really don't know where you sinned. You're just asking out of such a loving because you want the best. You want your soul to be renewed. So when, so when I told her that, I said, Rachel, and she was so like a little child. I love it. You know when God is working. Rachel, strong warrior woman, becomes little kitty <laughs> sitting there. <gasps> Let me think about that. You know, I love that. That's what I love about Rachel. You know what I mean? You know what the, hey, the Lord told me I could only speak to her through the word. You know what I mean? And so when I start, and it was really hitting me because the Lord had me in a deep scripture this morning when she came in to talk to me about her eyes, because this is how she came in to approach me. She grabbed my hand and she put it on her eye. She said, mom, start praying for me. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, you know, somebody's getting a desperate point where they come to you and say, I am telling you, go ahead, start praying. All right. But see, that's beautiful. That was showing what when she came in. That was showing me that she was ready to hear, not necessarily see, but to do what? To hear something I had to say or something that she knew that I might have an answer of God. So it was awesome when I said, so get it? There is something in your soul God wants to awaken. And when you, when you find out what that is and you meditate on that, all the stuff in your eyes is going to lift. And that is a works that only God could do. It's his true grace of his works. Okay, how many of you have something that you know? I want you to think about this. It's that manifests something in your body that bothers you. Like I love Kenrick's milk. Kenrick, before he came here, couldn't even drink milk. Couldn't even drink milk. That was a lie. Kenrick could have all the milk he wanted. But something had to be reversed in his soul. And it had to be a word of God that gave him the vision. And when he asked, God gave him something he needed to work on. The moment he worked on what got healed from you? Milk. Bring him gallons of milk. You know? I mean, what I'm trying to say is this guy has desired milk his whole life. 
but he didn't have it because he feared milk. So it was fear that changed him. When he started realizing fear is not a punishment, you know what I mean? And God loved cast out all fear. When he started getting that, there was no more fear to drink milk. And he conquered the devil when he drank that milk and nothing happened. Do you see what I'm saying? So there is a step of action. I was reading to um, Mamie, and we had a little Bible study this afternoon in the office. And the Holy Spirit, what's the manifest gifts, right? And he wants to do it for a reason, all right? In fact, what was the Holy Spirit's reason on that one first? Yeah, but it told the reason why. Hold on, I'm going to get to it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, keep talking. I remember the second two, too. I can't believe, I just, I can't believe, hey, this is the lesson, right? Okay, it's so awesome the way the Lord breaks this down as he reminds us. We have such a good God. All right, hold on. My eyes are getting healed, too. It says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. So the spirit has come to help us in the diversity of gifts. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. So the Lord is the giver of what? Our ministries. And then it says, and there, this is what's so cool, and there are diversities of activities, but in the same God. Okay, God is a God of action. He's a God of diverse activities. The Lord is the what? He is the one who brings the ministries the diverse of ministries with us. Then you have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts, and I like that, to manifest the diversities. It is awesome. When you really think about it, everything has an element of understanding that wants to work through you so you can prosper in all things, so you can actually move and grow into the ministry the Lord has of you, to work the activities that the Father has already planned for your life. But the Holy Spirit reveals to you the one thing your soul needs to be redeemed. So this is so awesome. Whatever that word is that Rachel needs to get into her soul and she meditates on it. The activity that the father's going to release in her life is the healing of her eyes. God is going to do it. There is no medicine Rachel can take. There's nothing she can do except for she needs to first ask the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to give her a direction. And then Jesus' ministry is going to kick right in. The Lord's ministry is going to kick in at the next level. And that means he is going to reconcile something with her. And when he does it, he calls up right down to God. God gives the what? The activity. One Spirit, one Lord, one Father working as one. And see, do you see the chain reaction? It's like having three things with a string on it. Do you ever have one of those things you just pull the string and then all the things connect? That's what this is. So there's something that's going to hit her. And when it hits and all three get pulled together, the father brings the activity. He decides the activity, something Rachel will have to do, and it will lift. Come on, we experience that in here all the time. We invite the Holy Spirit in. He helps. Okay? The ministry of Jesus starts sanctifying the room. Then the vision of the activity comes into play, and somebody gets healed. Somebody gets delivered. 
somebody, the movement. He teaches us this movement that's so important because in his presence is the healing. So I want everybody to be excited because vision is in place so you can see the Father's activity. The first thing a person has to believe is that one that, 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 that the Holy Spirit is going to work with them to heal them. The second they have to believe Jesus has been put in place to reconcile us back. He already came and took the sin. We have to actually see Jesus minister to us by taking the sin away. You get the depth of this? Then when the Father's released, he releases an activity that as you step that activity out, then that healing comes out of your body, that, that infirmity. See, Rachel has a spirit of infirmity on her right now. So that infirmity will lift out of her after all those things go in the right order. Isn't that awesome? But the first thing she has to do is start doing what? Asking. But she can't ask amiss. She can't just ask him to heal me. She has to ask him, where have I missed it? See, if you don't like the word sin, just say, where have I missed it? (laughs) It means the same thing. You know what I mean? I want you to really get the depth of this. This is so deep because then that's why we have to get into a certain place so we can get the instruction of the Father's activity. Do you see that key word in there? The different activities. That comes from the Father. That comes in the presence. Okay? I've heard it many times when, when Jen, Jen, or, um, Brendan's in here standing up here. If you do this, he's going to do this. Sometimes they give out instruction. You know what I mean? I've heard it before. Hey, if you've already had a healing in this and you want to maintain it, because obviously there was some doubt, come on up and stand right here and get prayed for. The one who comes and does the activity, you guys getting this? Okay, we have a father that's already made us walk out demonstration, but you've got to build. First has to be the Holy Spirit has to help you even get to that belief. Jesus has to come in and reconcile that soul to get that in there. Then the father comes and He still makes it where you have to walk something out, an actual activity. He is the father of diverse activities because he makes it where we have to work together. Um, You know, that's why I said, if you meet somebody that really rubs you wrong, that person has a healing for you because it's really training you to receive from anybody God wants to work through. It's so important. He actually gives somebody a vision. But first, like I said, the Lord says he is going to answer. But first you have to do what? ask. So is that good? You guys all get that? All right. So that was, you could go on a lesson on the depth of that, but we'll start there. Now it says, write the what? Vision. So when God's about to answer you, how many people have ever told you prophetically, you better start writing. You better start writing. You better start writing. Right. Is there anybody that God hasn't said you better start writing? Okay. Daniel. You better start getting a journal and writing (laughs) because the Lord wants us to exercise the activity of what? Writing. I mean, we can prostitute that out every day. You hear people, I think God wants you to write. You're going to write a book. Okay, first off, God just wants you to start what? Writing. (laughs) You got to take some time and start writing out the vision that he gives you because what he shows you you can't just mentally absorb. Sometimes you got to write it out. And when you write it out, you're amazed at what subconscious details that you saw in the vision that you weren't really thinking about when you first saw the vision. Have you had that happen to you, Daniel, where you saw a vision 
and then the details kept recalling to you and recalling to you. We had a man come in today from 84 Lumber, and uh, he said that he came here a year ago. It's awesome, this testimony that's building with him. But the first time he came in here, we were teaching, and he left, and he had his very first prophetic vision from God. And he said, he told it to Rachel and I today, all three of us were crying. That's how you knew it was what? God. And it was a beautiful vision helping to it. He was already asking God for something. When we ask God when we're lost and about something we can't understand, we have to come to him humbly and say, all right, what do you, uh, where's my life? What, what's happening to me? Why? What, you know what I mean? What can I do? Where have I missed you? I want you back. What, what can I, uh, you did not make me to live with, a, a, with an infirmity or a weakness in my eyes or whatever's in your body. God says he only gave that kind of sickness to prove his glory. It's in the word. There's only one sickness unto your death. So anytime sickness comes on me, guess what the first thing I ask? I ask him, is this my sickness unto death? I mean, I'm laughing. It can be a cold, right? But I have to ask. And when I hear no, then I just go, okay, then this is for your glory. And I'll start speaking scripture. And in scripture, I believe. So guess what happens when it happens? The sickness has to what? Leave me. Anytime I felt a little cold come on, I can fight it in the spirit because first I ask if it's my sickness under death. So we got that cleared up. It's not. <laughs> then I say, well, I know your word. Your word said, then this is for your glory. So if this is for your glory, then here, then I go through the scriptures. All right. But now if something else were to happen to me, like when I broke my ankle, I had to seek God. What is your plan in this? And the beautiful thing is when I came out of surgery, the orthopedic surgeon, his eyes started squinking. Next thing you know, he prophesied the whole thing out. Isn't that awesome? God still gave me the what? The answer. All right. God wants to give everybody an answer, and it's going to be through a vision. He told me the vision he saw. He said it was really clear. He said, God is not punishing you. This is a ice tip of the iceberg of the supernatural things that you're going to experience for the glory of God. So he did what he tell me. My ankle was for what? The glory of God. And he goes, I need to put you in a rest so other people can raise up. Isn't that awesome? And he gave me all the scriptures in Mark. Man, and then all of a sudden his eyes went back like this. This is his older orthopedic guy. And then he starts telling me how I need to eat better. <laughs> Get it? Now I have to eat better. Pardon me? It was, it was the answer to... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it was... Yes, but it was awesome when his eyes, he was talking to me about diet, and then his eyes, because he said I should have never broken that ankle. He goes, you could have kicked concrete, and you shouldn't have broken that ankle. But I knew when I was falling down, I felt something. I knew it was God. I felt it. And I knew something was happening from six months before, but I didn't know it was going to be that. But you see what I'm saying? He already gave me a vision prior. If you are in Christ and standing under him, he is going to give you a vision. He wants to show you how he gives you a vision but he doesn't want you to have to know it all about the vision. In the vision I got six months before, my ankle was bleeding. But I didn't know it was going to be a broken ankle. I didn't get what I'm saying. But he loved me so much. That was May. I broke it in October. See how much love he had for me? And he asked me, will you allow me to love you in a way that is contrary to this world? Now, you know, it, personally, when I heard that, I thought about taking a cruise. He's going to love me by giving me a cruise. He's going to love me by doing this. You know, I love it. We actually come up with our own stuff. But I didn't submit it to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I didn't ask for him to explain it. I just started making up my own, but I thought. I'm saying this cute because none of us get it right the whole time. 
but he is still speaking a vision to us. So it says, when the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, boy, when I got that vision in May, before I broke my, what did I do? I wrote it out. I wrote it out. I wrote out what my spirit confessed out. Because when you have a vision, your spirit can break out and start talking in your room and nobody can, nobody has to be there. But you start writing it out. And let me tell you, when it's words of the spirit, you can't miss them. You can't, you have to write them out. Because when you meditate on him, he is building something. He is building a kingdom for you to stand under when the storm comes. When you, what you can't understand happens, but he already showed it to you. So do you see why it's important to write down the things we see of God? He said, now make it plain on tablets. So that means, hey, write it down in a journal. That he may run who reads it. I'm going to tell you something. Every time God has placed a vision and I have written it out, every time I run it, I feel an increase. I feel like I could run. I feel like, wow, something's going to happen. It doesn't make a difference. I'm not there to judge whether it's good or bad. Because remember, if you're in my other class, you're living in the tree of knowledge when we want to live in the tree of what? Life. And we can't always answer everything we see. That he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for a what? A point of time. I got that vision in May. It didn't happen till when? October. But God already showed it to me for an appointed time. And why do you think he was showing it to me? That's right. That's right. But he didn't explain to me all the details. See, this is where we have to relax. We really have to relax and just start writing the things out and believing those things that he shows you whether you understand them or not. So whether they're in front of you, you don't have to understand them, but you believe in the vision. Ask questions about the vision. And if you don't get an answer, that's okay too. But he showed you something, all right? I want everybody to try this. When you get a vision, write it out. Write it out. Start seeing how it manifests. For the vision is for an appointed time. But at the end, this is what, so at the end, it will do what? Speak. Every time I have spoken out the words, that I saw in that vision, will you allow me to love you in a manner that's contrary? I can't even forget it, but I say it, I feel the power on him every time. When I say it to a group of people and God says, now tell that testimony, you can feel it's going to do, it's going to speak. It's not you speaking. It's what he said for you to say and demonstrate an activity out that speaks. It's not the person, it's the spirit. One spirit, one Lord, one father. Okay, it works. It will not what? Lie. It will not lie. Though it may tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. When it's time for it to come, boom, it's going to happen. Now, God wants us to recognize this because each and every person in here has already gotten a vision. You have already gotten something just like the 84 lumber guy. He came in here once. He saw a vision. He saw a vision of knights lining down, and he said he saw the throne of God, bright with light. But he looked down, and all his armor was beat up. And he fell because he didn't feel as good as all the knights that were down. And then he heard, just keep stepping towards me. And as he stepped, he got up, and as he stepped, his armor turned like the other ones. And all the people were clapping because he made it. Now, come on. Isn't that an awesome vision? When he said it, Rachel and I were crying. We felt it in there. So who was that vision from? God. So there is an appointed time for this man where he is going to be walking out his path. And those knights 
who already have made it through the rain are going to be clapping for him. That's that vision's for all of us, but showed it to him after he left this place so that he would know that he would know that he would know he was in the right place and that he knew that people are with him and not against him. God has already placed people in a place where people are with you. They're not against you. So when you don't understand the vision, writing it down, he wrote it down. He even wrote down the the details of his armor. He even wrote down the altar that he fell on, that they had to move it before he could walk towards the throne of God. So it's beautiful. It says, is that number four? Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. That man got that dream, that vision in here, because God was trying to tell him to live by faith. Even gave him other nights with perfect armor, showing that, hey, this is what you're going to look like. And his body then transformed into a new thing because he did it. This, this walk is by faith. He walked towards the throne of God by what? Faith. He wasn't walking toward it because he was proud. In fact, he was embarrassed. His armor was so beat up. Isn't that awesome? If we can stay in this type of posture as we're moving towards our journey, think about it. When Rachel, when he said there was a throne, right? There was a, a thing. I know he was telling us also it was great for Rachel. There was something that blocked him from walking towards it. But when he fell down to it, then it broke and he got to walk towards the throne of God. So think about all this to deal with. As we're growing in Christ, the moment we find that one thing that renews the soul, you've just unlocked an iniquity to leave your body, an infirmity to leave your body. Every time that breaks, and you walk towards the throne, something leaves. And then he says, you will prosper in what? All things. You will prosper in your what? Health. Just. The key word is just as your soul prospers. So the key word is here. What's the key word? Just. The just shall do. Live by faith. Man, when when I go to God, and I, I pray to Jesus. I, I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, okay, I don't feel like I'm getting it right. I, I mean, I, I do it a lot. I don't feel like I'm getting it right. What is it? And then I really do. I'll open the Bible, and then it's amazing. It just jumps out. And then I'm like, I don't think that's me. And then I start searching. On the- <laughs> I was like, maybe I need to go to another page. Maybe I need to go. Okay. He's pretty right on. When he opens up something to you. And we don't actually want to. The first sign that it's God is you first thing you say, that's not me. Because then you start working your own thoughts. But then as you start meditating on it and meditating on it, there's a breaking that happens in you. And you realize it is you. Okay? So sometimes the armor that we wear in a vision is beat up just because we weren't willing to accept the truth. So we have beat up our own armor. Because when the Lord looks at us, he looks at us through the eyes. Father looks through the through eyes of the Lord. So he sees us already in our shiny armor. We actually put our own dents in the armor. Isn't that powerful? But it's part of our growth that we are to have in him. So 
Gene wanted me to review this list with you today. He wanted me to review in the section of the book, how does one receive a vision? Now, remember, the first steps that it already shows us is that we actually have to ask. All right, if we never, think of all the people who never ask God about something in their life. God, think of the periods where we've asked God a lot, and then we had times where we didn't ask him anything at all because we just thought that we were okay. Do you know what I mean? But we actually have to enter in and ask him things if we want to know. Now, God can use, it says right here, any of the following channels to place a vision in your heart. So here are the channels. The first one is dreams. I love this. Who is working the dream? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. When he gives us a dream, he is trying to speak to us. It says, if he does, you must do what? Write it down. And it shall come to pass in the last days. It says in Acts 2.17, God will pour out my spirit on all flesh. We are already in the last days. There is no, God can pour out a spirit anytime he wants to. But what's the first thing you have to do? Ask, okay? The Holy Spirit wants to keep that promise. The promise is that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your young man shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Now, I think that's awesome. When I started connecting with this vision, I got a lot of visions. I got a lot of dreams. I got a lot of things going. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of things have come to pass. A lot more than people know. I only submit them to Gene because I really learned in the beginning, if you start talking about everything you get, you actually can invite the devil in and it delays it. I've watched it. I've done it. I've made the mistake and it will delay a progress. But here's the one thing. If it's already, see, God already knows when we're going to mess up. So I always believe deep down it's really not delayed because it really gets it to its appointed time. Do you know, I met a lady and this lady came in my car and she was really looking for ministry. And I didn't really kind of know it, but then I felt my spirit stir. And you could tell she was very angry and she was very upset that she had to take on kids in her life. And even though she said yes to it and she knew God asked her to do it, she was really angry she did it. And as we're driving, and I could tell this is a person who looks for an answer from anybody she meets because <laughs> she's trying to find that somebody will give her a different answer, right? Well, the Spirit spoke, and I gave this woman a different answer, but it was still the same answer as everybody else has given her. I said, it was awesome. I wasn't even thinking. I was driving, and then it just came right out. I said, you're just set in time. And she looked at me like, what do you mean, set in time? I said, taking on what God asked you to do puts you in God's timing for your appointment for your next move of life. If you didn't take those kids, you might have gone ahead of God when God has something special for you at the appointed time when the last one turns 18. I said, boom, they're a blessing. If you start rejoicing him, time will move into season and you will just, you will be in God's time. I said, right now you're in hell because you think you said yes to God and you're wishing you didn't because you think you miss God when God sets you in his appointed time. Man, burning happened in the car. We, I was burning up. She was burning up. We get out of the car, and this is going to the debt conciliation thing. We get out of the car, and she's kept looking at me. 
because she kind of liked the answer, but didn't. <laughs> and I said, you've been setting yourself back by being so angry when you really have done what God has asked you to do because he knew you wouldn't be mature enough for what he's got for you. So he's setting you in the appointed time to receive because he goes between now and then the last one turns 18, you're going to be ready. Don't you get it? You're going to be ready. And it was awesome. Everything changed for her that weekend because Chris and Tori ended up ministering to these people's kids. Things started changing in their life because we actually have to accept the place we're at knowing we're going into the future. See, there's something very important about accepting what you have instead of complaining about it. And when I say acceptance, that doesn't mean you become comfortable enough and you want it to stay. It becomes an, okay, you recognize he's trying to renew something in my soul. Rachel's eyes, I use that for an example. It's not the time for them to be healed just yet, but it is already healed. Do you get it? The healing is already there, but the right word is going to come down that's going to enter her soul, make a home, get grounded and rooted and tested, and then the lift of it will come out of her body. And so God has her right at her appointed what? Time. See, isn't that awesome? When we start clapping and praising and recognizing God's got us in his time, we can see vision. We can see vision and dreams because we're not trying to make that dream our own self. We're trying to, we're trying to, we receive the dream. We have to accept it. He tells us to write it. And in an appointed time, it's going to happen. So there's something in here everybody has already seen, whether vision, whether dream. But the spirit has already outpoured it onto you. All right. So you got to hold it. You got to write it. You got to believe in it. And you have to know he did it in a dream because that's when he got you still enough to receive it. Do you know what I mean? You have to actually be in a place. That man came in here. He said he felt the presence of God. Everything lifted off him. And then he said he saw a dream hit him right in the face of the nights. Isn't that awesome? Come on. Because he was able to do what? See. Because it was lifted. All his confusion in his life was listed for that moment for him to see. And he has written it down. And it's going to what? Come to pass. So dreams and visions are very important like that. All right. Here's another channel is when we get a word from God while we are praying. God can give us a vision while praying. Many people have their open visions while they're praying and talking to God. And that's awesome because I know that, it, you know, when the Holy Spirit, when we enter in with worship and then we start praying. Now, remember, worship is very important before prayer because worship pulls the enemy. It says, as you worship God, what's worshiping God? As you as you hallow be his name, our father who art in heaven. The first thing he says, see, that prayer is an instruction of order. Our father who art in heaven, we're giving who the credit? God, the father. The second thing tells us to hallow be his name. I had to look that up. Hallowed. What does hallowed mean? To glorify his name, to lift up his name. It means to exalt his name. Do you know what really killed me when I looked that word up the first time? Is Halloween. You know how they have the holiday Halloween? Hallowed. The base word is hollow. Do you know Halloween is used to glorify the devil <laughs> and to glorify his darkness? I didn't know that. I remember, I mean, I learned that when I was really analyzing that prayer because I kind of felt like if everybody knows the Lord's prayer, 
then there is some type of order in there or something that we got to believe. So it says in that verse, if we hallow be his name, that means if we glorify his name, if we exalt his name, we don't always need music to do that. You can just start and sing a melody. Lord, I love you. Lord, I exalt your name. Lord, you bring it out. You bellow it out of your spirit. It takes over you and you're not glorifying God anymore. The spirit is glorifying God through you and he's receiving it in the way he wants to receive it. See, first we start off with our flesh mind. Then we let the spirit take over. And when he takes over, so why do we worship God? In the prayer, the Lord's prayer tells us we got to worship first. We got to acknowledge who is our God. Then we've got to what? We got to glorify his name. I don't care if you listen to any other songs that just say, I exalt you, Father. I love you, Jesus. You know what I mean? You just have to do that next. Then he says, our Father who art in heaven, validation, hallowed be thy name, glorified. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when you start praying that out in that order, while you're praying, you're going to get a vision of heaven coming onto earth in some area of your life. Come on. Isn't this simple? I laugh at this. When you start praying in that order, now God can show you truth. Now, if you don't do it in that order, then I don't know what visions you're seeing. You can think you're seeing, but you're probably seeing in the second heaven. So there are things people, hey, Satan loves when we stay in the second heaven. Because he shows us things and we think God showed it to us. But then I, I do a check on myself. Hey, I've had some dreams I woke up. It wasn't out of my worship. And some of the stuff, I, it felt so real. It felt so real. And then I, I, had to, I would have to weigh it out. Okay, did this, vision, did this vision give me faith or did it give me fear? And then when I felt it gave me fear, I knew that that couldn't. But yet, I still noted it. If, it. if I kept thinking about it, then that means God was telling me something I feared. And that the next thing he was going to conquer with me would be that. So I had to seek God. If I had that dream, then I'm missing him somewhere. Because there is no fear in him. Only fear of missing him. So a word from the God will come like that while praying. But what order are you praying? I'm being, I'm being really serious about this. There are a lot of people out there who think there are serious prayer orders. And they do no they do not honor God before they start. You can honor God by communion. What's one of the things we're teaching? Try to take your communion first. That's just let God know. I'm going to discern your body first. You know what I mean? I'm going to receive you. I'm receiving your body and your blood. You just let God know he is your God. And then, oh, I love this one. Then you have to worship him. And I already told you that. Think about people who get up, get ready for work, and they jump in their car, and they're playing whatever radio station, right? And they're listening to secular music. And then they turn off and they start praying God. Okay, you're going to get some visions, but they might not be of God. Do you see where I'm going on this? Okay, you actually have to know what order am I coming to his table and entering in? See, that's why God wants us to take our morning time seriously with him. Our morning time has to be in that right order. Now, I don't care how much time is in any of that order, but do you see how he already gave us that order? And then one thing that happens, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses. That You know what I mean? So he even tells us that in our prayer, when we hit that part of the prayer, he's going to remind us of the things that we trespass against another. 
and where an other has trespassed against us, and he's going to ask two things. He's going to ask us to ask for forgiveness, or he's going to ask us to stand in for someone else's forgiveness. That's a really powerful order. But as you, this is flowing out naturally. That is the natural flow God has created. That's why Jesus said, don't worry about prayer. Stick to this prayer. And he didn't mean the exact words. He meant the order. All right. I remember, I remember years ago when I hit, that hit me. And then that's where I test myself. So I judge what is happening in me, my, my dreams. Did it, did it follow that order? Now I know what I can trust. Because dreams and visions I get in that order, that doesn't mean they all seem good. But they all happen. I can give you my 100% report. <laughs> they occur. And even ones I have, now I have multiple scenes. I just went from one scene. Now I have scene, scene, scene. What, the last one I had had like six or seven scenes in it. And half of that vision has already come to pass. So guess what I can guarantee? The other half is going to happen too. Do you see what I'm saying? When it is God, it will do what? Speak. So guess what? If your order of entrance in is God, then whatever he shows you will speak. And that means he can give you a word while praying. Isn't that awesome? Keep that in mind. We want to strengthen our unity and body together. To strengthen it is to follow the right, the correct orders. But then whatever diverse of gifts, whatever diversity of actions, whatever ministry comes out of it, it's going to surely set out and do what it's set out to do. Doesn't this get you excited? Makes you want to go home and pray. Okay. The next channel. What's the time check, Chris? I can't see it from here. Okay. The next one is through our association and our role model. It says, having the right relationships is a way of finding and expanding our God-given vision. A good example would be Elijah and Elisha. Okay, Elijah and Elisha, you know that they were so close. They were so close that when it was time for the one's death, they already all knew it. And he came to him and he asked him. He was like, I want a double portion. And, you know, he asked him what he wanted. I want a double portion of your anointing. And he actually got it. He asked and God gave it to him because that was a perfect example of through association, we get increased. Why is Kingdom Life Ministries connecting to King Jesus right now? Because there's something that ministry has that we need to be connected to so we can do what? Increase. God still has to work through people. You just have to know if it's the right relationship and the right moral model. And that's very important. Through association, marriages. You know what I mean? The first marriages are soul and spirit become one. That's a marriage. We become one in the movement. But then if you're in a physical marriage like Tom and Brenda, Mamie and Carl, Chris and Tori, then now God, through your association, he's going to work something that's going to be more powerful than you could have done on your own. Elijah and Leisha are perfect examples if you study it. It says human beings seek vision when they are unsatisfied with what they have accomplished. If we conform to what we have now, we risk losing out on what the future has to offer. That means when I opened up and talked about the diversity in unity, there has to be diversity in unity. Back in the Old Testament, when they were building up that tower to Babel, the thing is they all could understand everything but they all started creating another God. So God came down and brought diversity of what? Language, which was the introduction of different tongues 
so that they would have to rely more on God because they were becoming their own God in that unity. Do you know when people come together and they're in agreement, there's power? Whether it's of a false God, whether it's of the true God. So if we all come together in unity and we believe that we are to make sure to identify what God we are worshiping, Father God, creator of heavens and the earth, and we identify who that is, and then we actually glorify his name together, God has to come in and bring his presence. He has to bring his activities of demonstration because that is the Father's. Okay? Do you get this? The Holy Spirit helps us get to a certain place. When we hit that place, Jesus comes in and sanctifies the soul through his ministry. Reconciliation. Then the presence comes. Now that is the activities that stay. It says when the presence fall, when love comes to its fullest, there is no tongues. <laughs> there is no prophecy. It's just speak. And it will happen. Do you get it? The activities of the Father are not the same as the Holy Spirit. If you want to know the activities of the Father, they're in the Bible. They're in Romans. There are, there are seven activities. Leadership, faith. Um, I can't remember them all. Exhortation. Those men... We want to hit in here that place. We don't want to stay in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what I'm saying? Knowledge, wisdom, they're all in the, the activities of the Father. Speaking those things. We want them to all work together. But think about, come on, how many of us sit on this floor and you can't do anything when you're in the presence? Right? You can't do anything. You're just there. That is the time we should be listening for the Father's activity. And whatever the Father says, then you what? Say. That's what's happening. Brenda and um, Zinni are working in the Father's activity, not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit built them up. But then when they get here, they say what they hear the Father say. And when they speak it out, it's got to what? Manifest. Because they... They have the gift to sit there. We do too. We do too. We have the ability that Gene says, he reminds us every time, you don't have to sit here and not do something. Do whatever activity God shows you. Do, say what God is showing you to say. You'll know it because it'll build up into you until you can't do it anymore. Do you know what I mean? And it's okay to stay in the rest. If you just lay here and don't do anything, God is still doing what? Something. There is an activity always moving within our body. There is the spirit. It builds up that relationship, and it's pushing things out. It's pushing things out. So keep in mind, through association, we actually get to a higher place because of association. When, as we connect here, we connected here with a higher somebody who's gotten into a higher level. So guess what? We get sucked. It's like we, get, we just get sucked up with it. And then we mature. Then when we go out the door, somebody comes in our presence, they get what? Sucked into what we have. So association is so important for us. It says, we risk not losing our own, but also that of the future generations. That means we have to continually recognize that our relationships are important. We are responsible for the biological and spiritual children's vision. We must teach them to conquer beyond the accomplishments, to go further and to go greater. That means we should always be encouraging people to keep going further keep going greater, know that there is so much more because while we're on earth, there's no end to what we can accomplish here on earth. 
Okay, so that means we're always going to the next thing. We're always asking God the next question. We never hit that perfect plateau until we hit where? Heaven. But if we're open to receiving through these certain orders in these certain ways, then God is going to show us the things of the Spirit. He's going to open up the eyes. He's going to open up the ears. But remember, in every move, there's going to be an altar that breaks. And the altar that breaks is the thing you don't understand. Like I was saying on, I was saying this on Monday, our soul has a lot of spots in it. And those spots mean our doubt. The spot means our unbelief. The spot is a place that represents where the word is not subjugated. That means the word's not in that spot. Darkness is in that spot. All right. And so we have to remember that there are also, we're going to talk next week. Jean's going to talk on the different types of visions our personal visions, our familiar visions, our collective visions. But I want to end with this. So Gene will end up with this. But I want to talk to people about recognizing something. Can you put this up on the screen for me? Um, Put up John chapter 1, 1 through 5. I want to remind everybody of something here. And this is going to help you in discerning a sense of your vision. Okay, because today, all we talked about, all Gene asked me to talk about today was about what how does one receive a vision? Now, the first thing I want you all to keep in mind, you got to know what kingdom that you're in. And we already t- we talked about, we talked about the um we talked about the dreams, we talked about the prayer, we talked about association of people. But here I want to just remind everybody this. In the beginning was the what? Word. And the word was with God. So God and the word are what? One. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Now, there is no dream. There is no vision. There is nothing that when you receive it in the right order and in the right place, that it is not, there are things in this world that are made of the devil, and there are things in this world that are made from what? God. He gives us the order here of letting us know his power. The word and God were always together. And God, it, it, it moves it all around and shows you that in the beginning, it was all with God. So all things were made through him. Through the vision is how he te- shows us something so he can make all things. See, everybody's life already has a list of the things that are already made for you. Tailor-made for Tom and Britta. Tailor-made for Tierra, Daniel, everybody in here. There is a tailor-made because he says, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. So unless we're doing it through the vision, then nothing was made. I want you to get, isn't that deep? So think about all the things we've done outside of his vision. And then the things that we have done in his vision. Okay, which ones are the ones that count? The ones that are in him and through him. Those are the things that we, he, it's like getting your report card when you go up there. Okay, let me see how far the list you got down. Do you know what I mean? I want to go up there and get my whole list done. I almost know I started so late. I don't know. (laughs) You know, I know. I hope I can do it. But it says in him was what? Life. And the life was the light of men. That means God can only work through the association of men 
but that man has to have the light in him. You know, I didn't understand this when I would meet somebody, and I, I have a very strong gift of discerning spirit. Well, I would see a person, and this amazing illuminating light would be around them. It would be around them. And I was like, oh, oh. I thought it was like, that person's God, right? I remember seeing this all the time, even before I came into the ministry. And then it, it would make me feel trust, right? And then I would see things where black things would hover or swirl or go like this across my face. And I would go like this. I didn't get it. I didn't even know what that meant then. But now, uh, when I grew in the spirit, and that even became the truth, through him, I know the true light is when I see it beam out of the person's eyes. Because we live in a world where angels and devil, everything floats around us. But the real truth is the light in man. Man, I'll never forget the first time I met Todd that was coming out of his eyes when I met him. I was like, who is this guy? It was like piercing out of his eyes. White things were down him. And I was teaching. God changed the whole lesson. And I just started teaching on whatever, but it was what that man needed. But it was when I saw the light come out of his eyes. So remember, we know our associations by the light in man, not what follows man. That's pretty deep. It's the light. We have a spirit that is what? Light. Light generates the more we worship. Light generates the more. But the beautiful things about the white cast around people, those are their angels protecting them. Those are the white cast. Those are the things around them that's trying to keep them in the right influence. We got war going on around us all the time. You know what I mean? If we're in, if the light of Christ is in us, then we've got our angels restraining evil around us. Man, when I would see darkness swirl around a person, I used to get scared. And now I think, oh, there's something about that person. Because if there's a war around them, that means they're in him. They're really in him. So I don't look on the outside. I look from the inner spirit. Because he says, and life with the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. It's amazing when you see somebody with the light of Christ beaming out of their eyes. And then you see the devils floating around them. That's it. The war is on. The enemy's trying to steal what Daniel would be hearing. The enemy's trying to get Daniel to speak what he wants to speak. But if he stays, if he stays in his word, if he stays in his worship, then guess what? They're defeated. If you just glorify, I glorify you, Father. They fly away. Do you know what I mean? If the word is spoken, you can see a lift of something lifting off a person because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy the things around us so we can't receive the vision. So we can't get the vision in prayer. The devil doesn't want us to take the time to recognize the order. Because if, if we do it out of order, we can actually believe that we're seeing something that maybe it could be a lie. Do you get this? This is really deep. All right, keep going. Is that all one through five? Okay, so now put on John 3.19. John 3.19. This is really cool. I love how deep this gets. Because the darkness did not comprehend it. Remember. The darkness cannot comprehend what light does. See, I like this. We're all believers in here. We are power packed. We are men with light in it. And the enemy wants to do anything to get us into our next blessing, to do anything to get that truth in the soul. Remember, the spirit is in the center. The soul is in our mind. Okay? The enemy wants to do everything 
to get to that mind first. It says, and this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Now, when the enemy wants to give us visions to get us to do something that's not what God told you to do. Now, I want you to think about it. When we do something that's not in him, we are actually doing something that's not of him. That's real evil. I want you, you get what I'm saying? When we actually start working out something God didn't show us in a vision and we start stepping that out, we're missing the deed. You see what I'm saying? We don't sanctify ourselves every morning in the right order to see the right vision. We actually start acting out a vision or saying something to prevent somebody to go the wrong way to do the wrong thing. It's when we start walking out. <laughs> when we start walking out, we don't. We want to love the light. We are born again Christian. The light is in us. Okay. But when we start, if we don't stay in his right order and we don't ask and we don't seek the vision in the right way, we can actually start to see something that's not him. And when we act on it, it's like if God showed me something and it wasn't really my time to say something, but I start telling everybody about it, then I can actually generate an evil to come right back to that person that I saw in that vision. Do you see what I'm saying? We can actually cause things not to get in the right alignment. And then it actually what we thought was good actually worked to hurt somebody else. And it could stop. Thank God Jesus came and gave us what? Forgiveness of our sins. Our sin is when we miss the mark. But Jesus came to, to that. That is what he came to change. But we've got to admit that it happens in our life. We can't just sit and say, I do it perfect. I do it good. We got to be open to know that light and darkness cannot what mix and what is of light the darkness can't even comprehend. Go to the next verse, Chris. Next verse. You'll love the building of this. Condemnation can also be considered the judgment is this. The light has come into the world. People love darkness rather than light. Now see, we in here, we love what? What do we love? We love light. So we want to stay lovers of the the light, lovers of the word. What is light, love, and truth? The word of God, worship. It says, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. See, we have talked about people sitting out in their cars and they're afraid to come in here. It's not that they're bad people. It's that they don't, when they're fearful of coming in, they're afraid of something being what? Exposed because in our soul is light and darkness. Remember, spots are black. They are what? Dark. The spots is what causes us to stumble and do the deed that's evil when we're trying to do the deed that's what? Good. That's why we have to recognize the spots in our soul so we can dismantle them. Because you know what? When we break that altar with them, God blesses us and he wipes away the deed of evil and doesn't even write it down in his what book he's not here to keep tally of what we didn't write he's here to keep tally of what we do in the light all right go to the next word the next verse but he who does the truth okay i love this i love breaking it down to the dark part 
And now I love lifting it up into the truth, okay? Because if you felt it, good. That means we we should shake at the word of God. So it reminds us to stay in the right column. But now here's the word, but. I always say everything before but is a lie. Everything after but tells you what you need to do is the truth. (laughs) All right. So, but he who does the truth does what? Comes to the light. When you realize you have a spot, you go to who? You go to the light. You go to Christ. You bring it right to Jesus. And it says the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be what? Clearly seen. Man, when we break the altar of the lie and we now accept the truth and we walk towards that light, we allow our darkness to be exposed. Even though exposure happens, you feel what? Shame. You feel nakedness. You think they're going to reject you. But when you let it happen, now all the knights will clap for you because you are walking towards the throne of God. And it says, your deeds may be clearly seen. They that have been done in what? God. Man, the deeds that are in God are when we come and we identify the spot. When we see the vision, then we walk out the vision and we take the pain because Christ already took it what? For us. He wants us to walk out this rotation so that we can stand in truth. And when it's time for us to go up and see Jesus, we're not worried about the deeds we did wrong. We recognize that if you changed your way and you received the truth in Christ, you are now in him and now you can come boldly to that throne and you can ask for grace and mercy in a time of need. Or you can come boldly to the throne and he can see the goodness that you have done in him because that's what counts. Isn't that awesome? We live in a world of redemption. So that means nobody still gets it right. We get it right once that word becomes implanted. Then that word can become the truth. And then we stand strong. Even when before we stood what? Weak. We stood weak because in our weakness, he becomes what? Strong. Do you guys get this? I wanted to, I wanted to really point this out because God gave me this revelation that we, and it says it in the word, we speak what we know. And sometimes we think we're know-it-alls, you know? But if we speak what the word has taught us with love behind it, then guess what? We actually have seen. We actually, our eyes have become open. We have actually seen and bared witness to God. And what's the bearing witness to God? That he sent his son to redeem us, not to punish us, to lift us back up in the resurrection of Christ so that we can walk and teach a next generation like Elijah and Elisha. Elisha made a lot of mistakes with Elijah, but then as they grew and learned, he was to speak the next generation and he became what? He received a double portion of the mantle and did it double more than Elijah did. See, that's what he wants. He wants our repentance in recognizing that sometimes we mix light and dark, but we got the power pack in us the whole time. But when we recognize that truth, and the truth is going to come through a dream, through a vision, in your prayer time, that truth of what God is trying to redeem you in will come to life, and you actually take it to the Father and demonstrate it through the activity, what happens? Boom. You're redeemed. The old deed doesn't count, and the new deed of action in him counts far worth more than anything else.
Does it make you excited to get revisions? Do you know what I mean? Because our natural self always says, okay, where am I bad? Where am I bad? When God says, no, yield to this and watch what iniquity is going to come out of your body. Watch what infirmity is going to come out of your body. Watch what change I'm going to make in this soul. And then you're going to see the external manifestation in your health or also in what? All things. All things include your finances. All things include your home. All things include your family. All things are truly all what? Things. So isn't that cool? All right, what's the time check, Chris? I did good. Praise God. 13 minutes over. Was that okay, the extra? I wanted to say that, the extra, because it was so powerful last week, because God wants us to know that when we receive a vision, we have to check, are we receiving it the right way? When we receive a vision, we have to recognize that there's time in the word and that there is a plan for that vision to come to its appointed time and to fulfill its moment. He says he reminds you to do what? Tarry, and it will come to pass, and it will come to pass. So praise the Lord. Let's just pray, and we'll just, you know, honor him. Lord, we thank you. We glorify your name. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for sending your son who sees us through the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ and sees us in that perfect, perfected love that you have called us all to walk in. Lord, I thank you for the transparency of being able to be revealed and exposed and letting what is dark to be exposed by your light. Lord, I ask that everybody leaves here being open to receive what the Lord is going to show them this evening, in the morning, in their time, and be open to a vision that shows demonstration, that shows correction, that shows your word, that shows your love. And Lord, cause us to praise your name and edify and lift it up in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.